Hello, and welcome to another episode of My Dog Will Eat My Face. Now, first of all, little house cleaning. Sorry I did not post a podcast last week. I was just struggling a little bit trying to uh, fight a pretty bad cold, honestly, so... Rather than getting on the horn and sending, like, patient zero, I decided it would be best to let it take its course and come back to you folks this week. And I'm, I'm still not quite all the way over it, but it's better. And better is better. So... I come to you today to discuss something that I, honest to God, never, ever thought I would bring up in my wildest dreams. It's going to shock me, I think, when I tell you what exactly I wish to talk about today. And that topic is none other than extraterrestrial life. Wait, no. It's not that script that. No, it has nothing to do with that. Rather, instead, it's even more shocking. What I wish to talk to you today is about a little thing called ableism. And I have to give you a little background as to why I am so shocked that I'm even bringing this up. Because for me, that word, which I had never heard before for most of my life, frankly, sounded absolutely ridiculous (laughs) when I first heard it, oh, maybe 10 years ago from my ex. And at that time, I think I still thought it sounded ridiculous. But I decided to shut up about that. (laughs) Of interest in in trying to not cause a marital fight. But... As time has gone on, I think I can safely say something that my ex said to me 10 years ago, which is, oh yeah, it's a real thing. 
it just it just runs so against my my core values uh, especially with respect of my desire to not be a victim I never pull the victim card I don't usually walk around town telling people about what I'm dealing with um Especially at that time, I was in the full uh, scope of my career at the time. You know, I, it just wasn't something I would ever, ever bring up. But now, many years later, I have come to learn that ableism is indeed a real thing and it can be actually incredibly ugly when it presents itself to you so for this podcast I'm going to discuss some <clears throat> historical experience I have with that long before I, I even ever heard the word all the way up to an ex- Ordinarily recent event that is something that happened just in the last couple days that frankly in my mind has completely sold me that it is something that does indeed really exist and is not just a cop out so if if you're anyone like me who is dealing with pretty scary physical issues This might be a topic you've already thought about and not only thought about, but already came to terms to understand a no full fact that is real. But I really think I only did the full 180 completely until very recently (laughs) so that's uh, my goal today and we'll see where that takes me so buckle up and hang on and I'll try to approach this topic that was once so off limits for me. 
and see if I can't find some peace. by way of discussing this issue. So, going way back in time, I think my first experience with ableism goes definitely as far as far back as elementary school and probably immediately subsequent that to the rest of my time in the American uh, public school system, which I'll, I'll most certainly explain here now. I think um, most of us who are old enough to remember there is a period of time for me, it happened at least through middle school where they had something called the presidential fitness tests or something like that, where you basically had a variety of athletic um, actions. None of them were necessarily like a sporting game, but just a singular physical action demonstrating a particular strength that each school had to have all their students perform and try to meet the expected norms and exceed them even, if possible. I think if you really exceeded them, you got like uh, some sort of a, a special recognition or something. I don't really know. I, I don't. I don't really remember. This was going back a long time ago, and I don't know if they still do it or not. But uh, it would test really simple things like uh, sit-ups, and that would just be its standalone category, or uh, jumping jacks, or pull-ups, or running, you know, it, it wasn't, again, none of it was a sport, like, none of it was, like, basketball, or volleyball, or, or football, or, I mean, even track, technically, even though they had a running category, but, 
there was really no sportsmanship that I remember in it. It just merely grunt actions that people could, children could do to demonstrate their, uh, I guess, conforming to the minimal standards of other kids their age throughout the nation. I have no earthly idea why they called it the presidential fitness something something. I, I seriously can't foresee, you know, G.W. Bush literally pouring over <laughs> reports of of push-ups and set-ups <laughs> and pull-ups and all that jazz in his morning brief, you know, right next to the morning intelligence brief from the CIA. But, you know, I, I, I seriously doubt anything like that occurred, but for whatever reason... They even had the presidential seal of them. I mean, I, I saw it on my PE teacher's clipboard. They would be taking notes of what everyone was doing. And yeah, in the corner, it sure enough had the seal of the president on it. If you're... in your 40s or older or something like that, and you know what the heck I'm talking about. Um, hopefully, you can vouch for me, because <laughs> it sounds completely insane when I describe it, that, that they would ever do something like this, but I swear, they did. They really did. And they might do it now. I have no idea. It's been so long, but As I said, it was a competition, so to speak, where your physical abilities were measured up against those of the standard American child and rated. And I think if you demonstrate something far beyond Uh, what's expected, I mean, maybe you went on to compete someplace else or something, but I was never privy to anyone ever doing anything more than just these silly exercises for like a week with uh, our PE class. So... That all being said, one of the tests was just basic running. I, I don't think it was a mile run or anything like that. I, I'm pretty sure it was some number of, uh, golly, I, I, I guess like, 
you know, a hundred or two hundred yards or three hundred yards or something like that. Not necessarily a mile, but they might have had that too. So anyway, <clears throat> moving right along, you know, here's me in elementary school. Now, I've had severe pulmonary hypertension and a birth defect of my cardiovascular system since I was born. Being that I was born with no right pulmonary artery. Frankly, it was absolutely appalling to me that our school systems forced me mercilessly to take these PE classes that were just so uh, askewed towards a person with a normal anatomy. In some way, I, I, I don't, I don't, you know, fault them for that. Not, not many people think that there's other people out there that just can't do these things because of their anatomy. They're not lazy. They're not weak. It's something that their bodies just can't do. Of course, I say this now in 2023, and I'm pretty sure all my listeners are like, well, yeah, duh. But let me tell you something. Good luck trying to explain that in fifth grade to your elementary PE teacher. <laughs> Who couldn't care less about anything you had to say and considered all of it complete bunk. And then couple that with somebody like me who refused to be a victim to my birth defect. So even I myself would not advertise this, honestly. Because I wanted to be treated like everybody else. To a fault. And, and this is a, a great example of that uh, absurd thinking that I was demonstrating at the time. So, on one of these occasions, I think it was fifth grade, where they had all the boys running, I forget the distance, it, it wasn't a mile, but it amounted to several 
laps around the uh, playing field at the school. So, golly, how many yards that is, I, I, I couldn't tell you. I, I really couldn't nowadays. But it was something I was absolutely forced to do. And not being one to, you know, uh, chime in or whine about it and say, oh, but sir, Mr. P.E. teacher, I physically can't do that because I'll freaking die. No, I never really raised my hand and caused a scene because I didn't want to do that. So, the fault here can be spread both ways, I think. To be perfectly honest with myself, it, it's definitely a blame that can go towards the horrific public school system and also with me for not properly defending myself in the face of such ridiculous tests and assumptions. Because all things considered, I looked totally normal. The only thing you'd see different about me is if I went and took my shirt off, you would see the giant zipper scar going up and down my front torso all the way from my chest to my belly button for when I was cut and basically flayed open for an open heart surgery. So, in the course of one of these runs that I was doing, I was, to the shock of everybody, actually, leading the pack. I, I was, because I was never considered physically capable of much of anything. I didn't play sports. I didn't really do anything. So at first, all the other boys, of course, were like, oh, God, watch this. He's going to be an idiot. Or he's going to look like an idiot, you know. And I got out there, and lo and behold, I was in first place for, for most of the laps until all of the guys on the sidelines waiting their turn were chanting my name. It was like a Rudy moment, you know? Rudy, Rudy. <laughs> but uh, in this case, they're shouting my name. <laughs> and uh, it all came to a crashing, embarrassing, terrible stop. Uh just when I was about to cross the finish line on the final app, lap, 
Sorry, not app. Wow. Lap. And from my perspective, I could slowly feel me losing more and more feeling in my legs. My body just could not continue doing this. But again, the finish was right there. I could almost spit across it. So I, I kept going despite this feeling. And then, lo and behold, I took a nasty dive on the field grass and collapsed. And what went from supportive chanting of my name from the sidelines turned into a rambunctious laughter from all of my classmates laughing at me for falling down. Now, I didn't give up, though. I would get up and try again and keep going, and then I'd fall again. And then I'd get up and try again and fall again. And I went through this getting up and falling back down an untold number of times until I basically dragged myself across the finish line, no longer in first place, mind you, but in dead last place. <clears throat> and thankfully, some teachers who were watching this saw that I was in serious distress. They came and they got me off the field and carried me to the side and had me sit down and rest. And I complained that I just had no feeling in my legs anymore. The <clears throat> PE teacher, for his part, even though he was rather appalling in trying to force the same exact standards on every boy in his class, he <clears throat> actually gave me one of the highest achievement ribbons merely because he saw that every time I fell down I try to get back up and finish over and over and over So I guess to some sort of credit to him, he did. 
present me with one of the higher ribbons for that perseverance that I demonstrated on the field. I think he was actually uh, deeply moved by what he saw. Of course, none of my classmates or friends thought likewise. I was the target of bullying and name-calling long after that one day's event. And that expectation that everybody is the same, everybody is able to do what they should be able to do, is the definition I learned much later of ableism. And that is probably one of my first memories of it. Rearing its ugly head in my life. I was just, even with the ribbon, I was humiliated beyond words, embarrassed, and distraught and scared. So I couldn't feel my legs anymore. The feeling thankfully came back slowly over time, but it it was a half a day at least recovery just to be able to walk again. So it, it, it was not by any means a good experience for me. But it was a very good introduction In hindsight now, to what ableism truly is or can be, if not put into check. After that lovely um, event <laughs> in elementary school, I still struggled frequently with the required PE requirements in school. I was very often taunted by the PE teacher who would actually make jokes at my expense to the entire class who would just joyously laugh 
at my ability to do things that they could do. I'm sorry, my inability to do things that they could do. And the teacher enabled it. He did not stop it, not ever. He instigated it. And sometimes even went so far as accusing me of being a slow learner. Which, to me at the time, was his way of saying, you're an idiot. So, I have no admiration for the American school system in the slightest bit. And the more I've learned about it and what it was based on and how it was created into the form that it is now and why... It was structured in that way. I've absolutely grown to despise it. But that's actually another topic for another day. But I would also experience events not too dissimilar from this. Just in my personal life, even when I was married. To where, whenever I'd go out with friends or, let's say, my in-laws and my ex, obviously, too, not just my in-laws. That would be kind of creepy, but, but maybe not totally creepy. But you get the idea. I, w- I would continue to encounter this issue to some extent. And, and what that is, um, it's something I still experienced this very day. To me, it feels like everyone who's walking up and down the street going places are seriously running at full speed. (laughs) I can walk. I, I can walk. I'm thankful for that. Because there was a brief period of time where I literally couldn't. Separate from the elementary school story, there was a time when I had a broken hip and I had to learn to walk again with a new titanium hip in place. Again, another story for another day. (laughs) But I remember times when I'd be out with my ex and the in-laws just walking down 
the street to get to, I don't know, the restaurant we're going to for dinner. And to me, it was like they were running down the street. And I just simply have never been able to walk that fast. And it would appall me when my ex, the person who is supposed to be the love of my life, who I married, didn't even notice I was no longer with the group. Because they were so engrossed in talking to the the rest of the family. I was just a third wheel, a fifth wheel, something like that. And finally, they noticed I was no longer with them when I was maybe two or three blocks behind them. Trying desperately to keep up, but cannot. Now, I've come to expect that. with people who just don't know me. But to get that, though, from my partner and in-laws, was frankly devastating to me emotionally. And even worse, uh, On one of my final business trips before I went on to disability, I was visiting a customer in the suburbs, kind of. Well, not in the suburbs. It was in Atlanta, but it was kind of like a suburban area. (coughs) Pardon me. It wasn't. uh, It wasn't gridded, you know, block to block city or or something, you know. And from my hotel, you could literally see the building that I needed to get to. But it was a good mile or two away. Yes, it was across the street, but things were so spread out, it was one or two miles away. And I was there with a bunch of colleagues who decided, oh, it's so close, we're just going to walk there. With our luggage. And I even went to the concierge at the hotel and asked for a car shuttle just to drop me off at the customer's building. 
And they said, no, it's right there. You can see the building, dude. You're literally going right there. So they wouldn't take me. And I was almost going through the exact same experience in grade school again. Trying to keep up with my coworkers. And the Atlanta heat carrying my luggage and briefcase. It was absolutely appalling to me. And I was not cut any slack for it whatsoever. Because, again, people are just so used to everyone around them having the same abilities that they do. They assume that you have no excuse to not be able to do the same as they do. Because once again, I didn't look sick. It was all my internal parts that were ill. And I got teased and got no sympathy for it. What so ever. And that was relatively recent. And that, my friends, is another sad excuse. No. Another sad example is what I should have said. Of ableism. Which by now I'm sure you have a clear thought of what that is. To where people have a bias in them and believe everyone has the same abilities that they do. I hate it because I don't like to be a victim. But it is the reality of it. And that I can't hide from. And so that shows how this bias was still a serious problem well into my adulthood. And even in a place where I'd expected it the least, which was in my career,
I was just so embarrassed and felt so terrible for not being able to do what everyone else seemed able to do and not receiving one iota of sympathy from my colleagues. So, there is another very poignant example of what ableism is and what it can do mentally and emotionally to a person and physically. I am grateful beyond words, at least. I didn't collapse in front of my colleagues or in front of the customer. And it got pretty darn close. But thankfully, I managed to not collapse this time. Now, finally, I'm going to end on a very recent example and on one of the worst and most insulting experiences I've ever had with a service provider in my entire life. And I have no problem naming who that third uh, party service provider is. So, in my time in decline the last couple years in hospice care, I have not been able to go shopping in a grocery store whatsoever. It's just something I can't do. And just this last Thursday, I decided to do a small, relatively small five-item Instacart order to help get me some things that I simply needed around the house. 
And if you're not familiar with who they are, Instacart is just an iPhone app. I'm sure they're on a... non-Apple devices as well. Where they're job is to do the shopping for you and bring to your door those items you wanted to shop for. And my use with them has been exclusively for groceries. Okay? I've been a customer of theirs now for a good six years. But this last experience I had with them and the so-called small shopper that I had and then with the company itself was so appalling. I'm absolutely searching for decent enough competitors just in the groceries business because that's really all I want. to replace them entirely because it's just one horrific, in my mind, event that occurred just a few days ago and is a raging example of ableism So, on Thursday, I ordered five things, and in some cases, there were multiples of the five, like two or three of one item, one of one item, two of a third, you know. So, it was five items, but probably if you include the count of the volume, it probably came to about ten items that I needed, right? Because it was like two of this and three of this and one of this and three of this, you know, so. It came to like three, or excuse me, it came to like ten things. My personal shopper started out fine. I gave him specific instructions on how to deliver things to my door because I do live in a secure building and you have to be pre-approved to get past security. And so I try to give delivery people a legs up on that just so it's easier for them. And then I see he shops for all five items without a hitch. Great. 
I was like, okay. And then I get the note that it's been delivered. So I figure swell, which means it he left the items outside my apartment door. So thinking all was fine, and this was not too different from any other Instacart order I had made in the past. Sometimes they would go as high as like 15 items, but 5 to 15 is kind of my norm. I mean, or maybe 5 to 10 is my norm. But then, my so-called personal shopper named Walter <laughs> decided to take it upon himself to also immediately after delivering the goods going off on me saying that I was inconsiderate because the amount of walking that he did just alone in the grocery store and not in my building, which is a huge building. That's why I usually can't walk it myself. <laughs> Because it's gigantic, it takes a whole city block. And he said it was far too much walking for what it was worth with my small order. So I just said simply, sounds like you should probably not work for them then. Because you're a delivery driver, that's your job. <laughs> He then says, no, what needs to happen is you need to be more considerate. But instead, you are lazy and you are cheap. And then from there, he resorted to calling me names. I couldn't believe it. I, 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 I've never had an experience like this ever with a provider who was just doing their job that I used them for. So I wrote back to him, dude, I'm on home oxygen. I'm tethered to a machine. I can't go to the grocery store. Period. And within that one comment, I called him something that apparently was very poorly taken as a, I don't know what, as a terrible insult by him. I, I don't know. It's a meaningless word. I'm not going to repeat it verbatim here for fear that Spotify censors me. <laughs> but this is, this is what the word was. I'm going to use um, two different words. And 
they will have the same meaning of the combined words that I used. So, for example, I called him, and this is the uh, the different words, mind you. This isn't actually actually what I called him. But after I said, "Dude, I'm on home oxygen." I called him a donkey fedora, which, as I think about it, that would have been better if I did that because that's so bizarre. But okay, so think to yourself, what's another word for a donkey? Starts with an A. Ends with an S. That's all I'm going to say. And a fedora is what kind of apparel? It is a hat. So, I call them a, a blank, 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 S hat. That is the worst thing I said to him when defending myself. After he called me blatantly lazy and cheap, in other words, even beyond that, I was just flabbergasted. I never encountered anything like this from a service provider who was merely doing their job. And then he continued in his tirade against me. He kept sending messages. And he already delivered the goods. He already delivered my groceries fine. So I just walked away. I never said anything to him again. But I did call Instacart, the provider, and I complained. And I said it was the most appalling, disrespectful, and absurd treatment that I've ever had from a third-party vendor in my entire life, which is absolutely true. So Instacart was apologetic. They they banned him from ever working for my shopping again, and they gave me a whoop-de-doo $5 credit in future shopping. Yay. You know, I, I didn't really care, but I, I had to complain to them that this guy was just, like, out of his rocker which was so shocking because he was a diamond-rated shopper, which means he was highly rated, and he had performed over 1,300 deliveries in over a year working for Instacart. So I thought, oh, this is golden. This guy's going to know what he's doing. Great. I was not expecting an insulting name-calling tirade from him. 
Anyway, at that point when I said my complaint, I figured the issue was resolved. But then at three o'clock in the morning, I get a notice in my email from Instacart saying that they've determined I was, what was it? I was acting belligerently or using vulgarity with one of their shoppers and that's against the terms of use. And if I do it ever again, they're gonna shut off my account. Can you seriously believe that? If they read that conversation, which I was told by the first person I talked to in my complaint, they could see that I was a disabled person. And could not grocery shop on my own. And then they send me a threatening letter like that. So at 3 o'clock or 3.30 in the morning, I call Instacart again and say, I cannot believe the gall of your company to talk to someone who's been a paying customer of yours without incident for over six years with a threatening email when it was your shopper that called me far, far worse than whatever you felt I said to this Walter dipstick. And in point of fact, what I said when I called him something, it was only one time, and it was a meaningless phrase. <laughs> it's something I sometimes call my friends. It's, it's, it's meaningless. It's stupid. It, it doesn't mean anything. But him calling me cheap and lazy, not knowing that I don't have the ability to shop, is apparently not an issue for them. And I bring this up because of what I just said right there. That is a raging example of ableism today. He went out of his way after he completed his job to call me despicable names. Again, like lazy and cheap. Assuming I had all the same abilities 
as everybody else. Which is obviously far from the truth. Now, when I did say that, it didn't make him any better by any means. But up until that point, that was, in my opinion, an excellent example of ableism. So now I'm fighting Instacart again. I am rapidly trying to find a replacement, which I will take immediately if it works out. And I invite all of you listeners to do the same thing. (laughs) If you get a free moment, call up Instacart and yell at them for sending personal shoppers that like to threaten and name call a disabled person in hospice care. Because that is exactly what they did. I have no problem if you harass them or yell at them for it, too. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) But I bring that up not to invite that, honestly. Uh, You know, frankly, actually, don't waste your time. Obviously, it doesn't matter with them. They, They couldn't care less. They've demonstrated that very well. But I bring that up here because that was a very naked example of ableism still today in my life, rearing its ugly head. And I share all this with you, my listeners, because I truly thought it was a stupid, feel-good, woe-is-me, I'm-the-victim sort of term that I didn't put any stock in when I first heard its use. But as time has gone on, it's proven to me many times, many beyond these three, throughout my life that it is indeed very real. And if any of you are out there dealing with something similar and have the audacity to even look like there's nothing wrong with you, 
then I give you my most sincere support and admiration for what you put up with. And I truly mean that from the bottom of my heart. Because, again, it is a severe sickness throughout the world. And unfortunately, it might just be a companion to the human race. I don't know. I sure hope not. But whatever it is, I, I do want to share my experience with it. And unfortunately, I skipped over a lot of other times. And I'm sure it's not going to be the last time that I'm going to deal with it. Say it again. Say it again. So, I am going to go ahead and bring this podcast to a close for now. But I did really want to address that whole ableism concept because to me it sounded so ridiculous when I first heard it (laughs) and yet I seem to find it and encounter it unfortunately throughout my life as recently as just a couple days ago maybe more is yet to come I don't know thanks to my good friend (laughs) Walter and Instacart taking I guess his side in saying that I was the one who was belligerent and vulgar. Never mind the fact that he called me so much worse. 
I, did, I didn't say this I, earlier. I actually should have said it in the segment, but I, it, obviously I then at 3.30 in the morning called Instacart again and expressed my um, shock and disgustment, disgusted with, is that the word? Expressing my shock and dismay. There, we'll use that word. It's my shock and dismay. <laughs> Over how they treated this event that occurred with their little princeling driver who was nothing more than a bully um, at best and an absolute well I have other colorful words but again I don't want to get censored <laughs> and, but that really brought me to the point where I was originally wrong. Ableism absolutely is a thing. And it can be very destructive. Not just to your mental health or your career or friendships. It can, if you let it, it can physically threaten you. as you try so desperately to keep up with everyone else who doesn't have an issue that you might have. It's very, very sad to me that it seems ubiquitous amongst us humans to offer very little, if any, empathy towards those of us who maybe for whatever reason unable to do something that everyone else just takes for granted 
And it's not a silly, quirky thing. I chose these examples out of many because it can be really appalling. It can be really emotionally destructive. And even more than that, it can be outright physically dangerous. No, I'm I'm not sure. How to get around that. It just seems to be, unfortunately, an innate part of the human condition. But I'll say it here. If any of you listening has such an issue, no matter how small you might think it is, I can assure you, you're not alone. You do have a friend in me and probably a lot of other people who definitely understand what it's like to go through that. I wish I could propose a solution. But it's something that, as I already said, has appeared ubiquitous in my life, in childhood, in school, in my career. And even when using service providers because you need their help and all they're doing is the service that they elected to do. To my shock, even in that case, there is no empathy, no understanding whatsoever. To the point of calling the person 
who's the customer who's using a service because of their inability to do something. The problem and threatening to jettison them and never provide them service again. It's just utterly appalling to me. Unfortunately, I just don't have a lot of faith in this ever changing. But I do want to thank you, dear listener, for at least listening to me in my words today. And again, if you're someone who goes through something similar, no matter how small, I promise you, you have a friend in me. And I think those of us who just aren't able through no fault of their own special. Should at least support each other. And not just take it. Gotta do what I did back in elementary school. No matter how many times I fell down, I stood back up. So if you wish to follow the podcast I absolutely encourage you to select the follow button and turn on notifications so you're notified of future podcasts by yours truly and most of all Thank you for listening to my voice in the time you've given to me during this podcast. That means more to me than anything else you could have done. And I sincerely thank you for that from the bottom of my heart. You still could always support the podcast even further monetarily if you wish to throw a shackle in my cup or buy me a coffee or something (laughs) by selecting support this podcast on its Spotify homepage or just going to 
patreon.com slash my dog will eat my face. But you're obviously not obligated to do any of that. You have already given to me a place for my voice to be heard. And like I said, that's already the best gift you could have given me. Now, I know this week I don't have a very uplifting solution that I could think of. If I think of one, I'll let you know. (laughs) Because it just seems that this is just part of human nature unfortunately and I hope I'm wrong I hope there's something that could be done I mean at the very least most certainly I know I cannot control other people and their thoughts and feelings and therefore I shouldn't fret over those things but when it turns around and directly attacks me I have to be able to defend myself as you would hopefully also defend yourself in this or a similar position. But with all that being said, I hope to speak to you again soon. But ciao for now.